Welcome back to Mike Seibert Radio. I am your host, and for this week's special bonus episode, I um I, I wanted to talk for a couple minutes about Alan Moore. Uh, you might have seen that I got into uh, a little bit of Twitter beef last week, and as you might know, uh, when something I put out there gets enough um, unanticipated attention, uh, it uh, it accidentally spins off into a podcast episode uh, very similar to uh, my comic skate episodes from a few months back so this is a, a very similar situation I, I wasn't anticipating doing a podcast about this particular topic um, but uh, but I did put out a relatively incendiary tweet uh, that got a lot of response and um, so yeah I figured we would we would talk about it for a few because I don't think I've gotten into quote-unquote trouble on Twitter since oh I don't know maybe sometime back in the KGRG era uh, circa 2016 maybe when I got into it with a um, a a club DJ um, on hashtag national DJ day and being a radio DJ. Um, I, I, I tweeted at this guy and I was like, yeah, I don't, uh, I, I don't think national DJ day is meant for Ricky, Ricky DJs. And um, um, as you, as you might imagine, he um, didn't like that. Um, that's all right. Uh, uh, four years later, I'm still not Philly tough. So, so whatever. Anyway, let's. Uh, so last Monday, I uh, I came across this on Twitter. Uh, headline: Modern superhero culture and movies are quote embarrassing. Watchmen creator Alan Moore says. Um, in a resurfaced 2017 interview, Moore argues that the impact of superheroes on popular culture is both tremendously embarrassing and not a little worrying. His take has sparked a debate among comic fans. So I came across an excerpt of uh, of the interview uh, in a tweet from Twitter user Kyle, who credits himself as owner operator of geek underscore Rex, uh, among other things, which I have no idea what that is because that account doesn't exist. Um, Anyhow, he, quote, tweets a screenshot of text from the interview with the caption, Alan Bohr. Never one to miss words. HBD, Uncle Alan, exclamation point, HT. Um, assuming that means a hat tip. I, I had to look that one up. Um, and includes a link to the interview on Alan Moore's blog site. Um, I, I guess at this point I should probably mention that it was Alan Moore's birthday that day. Uh, it was tw- uh, trending on Twitter, and that's how I found this in the first place. So as of this recording on Monday night, the tweet has 7,400 retweets and over 25,000 likes and countless quote tweets like mine, uh, but I'm bearing the lead. So here is the excerpt. And again, this is an excerpt from an interview uh, with Alan Moore uh, conducted by a uh, writer in Brazil uh, back in uh, 2016 and then was translated and published in January of 2017. And again, this is uh, um, this is just now surfacing uh, now this last week. Um, so the excerpt reads... I think the impact of superheroes on popular culture is both tremendously embarrassing and not a little worrying. 
While these characters were originally perfectly suited to stimulating the imaginations of their 12 or 13 year old audience, today's franchised Uber mention uh, aimed at a supposedly adult audience seemed to be serving some kind of different function and fulfilling different needs. Primarily, mass market superhero movies seem to be abetting an audience who do not wish to relinquish their grip on A, their relatively reassuring childhoods, or B, the relatively reassuring 20th century. The continued popularity of these movies to me suggests some kind of deliberate, self-imposed state of emotional arrest combined with a numbing condition of cultural stasis that can be witnessed in comics, movies, popular music, and indeed right across the cultural spectrum. Now, the superheroes themselves, largely written and drawn by creators who have never stood up for their own rights against the companies that employ them, much less the rights of Jack Kirby or Jerry Siegel or Joe Schuster, would seem to be largely employed as cowardice compensators, perhaps a bit like the handgun on the nightstand. I would also remark that save for a smattering of non-white characters and non-white creators, these books and these iconic characters are still very much white supremacist dreams of the master race. In fact, I think that a good argument could be made for D.W. Griffith's Birth of a Nation as the first American superhero movie and the point of origin for all those capes and masks. So, there's a lot to unpack here. Um, And it's almost as if Alan Moore read Martin Scorsese's comments um, about superhero movies, uh, or Marvel movies specifically, uh, being like uh, uh, theme park rides or or Francis Francis Ford Coppola's uh, remarks about uh, uh, those types of movies being despicable, um, and was like, hold my beer. <laughs> um anyhow, I I I personally took specific exception with the latter passages of the excerpt, uh specifically those relating to white supremacism. It uh um just hit me the wrong way. And, well, I did what any other red-blooded American with bruised feelings does in the 21st century, and I went to the Internet. (laughs) So here's what I wrote. Again, a quote tweeting the passage that I just read to you. Great. Now I'm a white supremacist because I like superheroes. How positively 2019. Piss off, Alan Moore. Um, so yeah, I was, I was mildly upset and it was a, it was a white hot take. I didn't even really think about it, uh, too terribly much, uh, before I fired off that tweet. And sometimes, um, when you catch a trending topic, um, you know, you, you get a little more exposure than, um, uh, sometimes tweeting in the wind, uh, does and I think since Alan Moore was a trending topic because of his birthday and obviously the release of this interview, um, yeah, must have must have uh, caught an algorithm, um, you know, uh, uh, caught a breeze on the algorithm or something, uh, because uh, the uh, the response I got was almost immediate and was um, 
I don't know, viral is the right word, but uh, but it sucked way too much time out of my day. I I um, I mean, because like I lash out on Twitter um, occasionally as well. Like, you know, any time that uh, that Joe Buck is uh, is calling football on Fox, <laughs> um, you know, I just I, you know, I, I just throw stuff out there um, occasionally and it doesn't doesn't really seem to kind of um, uh, get legs. Anyway, there uh, uh, there were a lot of responses. So what I'm going to do now is I'm just going to read through some of these tweets. And as we go, you can draw your own own conclusions. I, I'm not going to try to lead the audience. I mean, you got my hot take, uh, you know, basically just telling Alan Moore to go piss off. Uh, but uh, Jurgen wrote, um, you don't get the point, man. He is not talking about you in specific, but about the situation in general. Don't get pissed off and try to think a little bit. Uh, you can be a fan and enjoy superheroes as you like and still acknowledge that the way and the period superheroes were born reflects this aspect. More may be harsh, but this is quite true. And... This uh, this would kind of become a common theme, you know, uh, folks kind of flaming me saying I'm missing the point. Uh, but once I saw the pattern, I mean, you know, it's like once is an isolated incident, two is a pattern or yeah, two is a pattern. I don't know. Anyway, it, it, was, it was like three or four responses that I, I finally saw the uh, pattern. And, you know, I thought it would be fun instead of being a jerk. Um, I'd actually try to have a conversation and ask folks politely to break down for me what I was missing. Because, yeah, if, if like three or four people are telling you that you're missing the point, uh, you might want to allow for the fact that you might be missing a point. Anyhow, uh, R.J. Palmer wrote, I believe what he's saying is that because our pop culture is largely driven by fantasies revolving around powerful or successful white men, that it does a piss poor job of representing the real world. People are too eager to sit back and enjoy white man saves the day. So, like, it doesn't make you a white supremacist, but you are indulging in the products that prolong the white-driven pop culture. Now, not all of the responses that I got on Twitter were, uh, were as helpful or thought-provoking. In fact, my favorite response uh, came from an, a, uh, from an account with one follower and following nobody, but I went back and clicked on their uh, uh, tweets and replies. No native tweets. Um, it's all just replies to folks. And um, in addition to uh, comments made to me, um, this uh, th this person behind this account was on a tear that day, um, taking a lot of people to tasks about their uh, uh, comments about Alan Moore. I wonder if it's a Russian bot Alan Moore thing, you know, kind of like trying to just kind of stir the pot. I don't know. Uh, but uh, but their uh, their comment to me is surprisingly spot on. You host a podcast about children's toys for adults and you appear to have been triggered. You know, and they're not specifically wrong because I think my um, self-identifying with Alan Moore's remarks about 
white supremacism. I don't know. I think I think that is kind of like a triggering phase. Anytime like we're talking about like D.W. Griffith and superheroes and kind of kind of making those parallels. I don't like that because to me it feels like it's an indictment on the genre. And as a fan of the genre, I, I again, I, I even now I still read it as, you know, even though it's it's um, I, I'm getting ahead of myself. But um, I don't know. I just I, I think if something is lumped in with white supremacism, how can you be a fan of it and not yourself be a white supremacist? So that, uh, um, but uh, I mean, I mean, I mean, the comments continued on Twitter. Uh, a few folks said I was uh, missing comprehension skills and have negative IQ and and uh, and a ninth grade reading level, uh, most of which is probably true. And then uh, Mary replied, "Hey, if the shoe fits." With a uh, just saying, uh, quote unquote, uh, gif of Whoopi Goldberg. And I mean, that was um, that was really the only comment that specifically validated my original uh, notion and thought process that I'm a white supremacist because I like comics. Um, And I'm not sure if I understand this response, but to that Whoopi Goldberg tweet, a user named uh, 2019 Thought wrote, says the white dude who writes stories where nearly all of his characters are white. He can miss me with that while I watch Black Panther, a Polynesian Aquaman, a black dead shot, and Captain America hand his shield to a black man. Carl responded to RJ's comment about the white driven pop culture saying, what exactly is wrong with a quote unquote white driven pop culture? Would you go to India and tell them Bollywood is too Indian? Now, to that, I I wrote, I said, uh, certainly not, but there is a lot of daylight between quote-unquote white-driven pop culture and quote-unquote white supremacist dreams of a master race. Very different connotation. Uh, Carl continues uh, uh, tweeting, sure, one is at least congent, uh, uh, is a congent thought while the other is the rambling of a deranged old man. If Peter Parker weeping next to his dying Uncle Ben conjures thoughts of the quote-unquote white supremacist dreams of the master race in Alan Moore, then he's an even bigger crackhead than I thought. Uh, BT dubs, the, uh, the superhero genre, can mostly be credited to Jewish Americans like Stan Lee, who were heavily influenced by the horrors of World War II and the powerlessness so many Jews felt in the face of targeted extermination. Dismissing their creations as white supremacy is heinous and idiotic. Now, to all of that, Daniel uh, brings up a good point. Yeah, if Alan Moore will go as as far as to imply a comparison between 1910's Birth of a Nation and now then I'm not sure what the best solution would be to address the problem he's bringing up. Now, this discourse has uh, had uh, it, it gone. Uh, it was way too friendly 
and uh, and too constructive because those were you know some pretty uh, uh, thoughtful points. Now here's a tweet from a Twitter user cup holder full of sticky coins. He writes, uh, or they write, I don't know if it's a he. More continued quote. I'm specifically referring to Mike Seibert. Not spelled correctly, by the way. Um, I'm specifically referring to Mike Seibert. That guy is super racist. And it's not solipsistic at all for him to take the general statements I've made and feel personally called out. And it certainly wouldn't belie an obvious dread of introspection on his part. Yeah, um, nice use of vocabulary there, buddy. You you, uh, must be a fan of bad religion like me. You know, and I had to look that up to uh, solipsistic. Uh, according to Merriam-Webster, uh, uh, solipsism is a theory holding that the self can know nothing but its own modifications and that the self is the only existent thing. Also, extreme egocentrism. Yeah, that that checks out. Seems legit. <laughs> um, anyway, um, uh, Ralphie... Uh, Twitter user Ralphie wrote, uh, did he say, quote unquote, if you like this, you're a white supremacist? Or did he say white supremacists love the superhero world that's primarily white? MJ picked up on that thread tweeting. He's also alluding to the idea that to respond to the rise of fascism by creating a genre so you can go, no, it is I who is the ubermensch, um, is as much a soft reboot of fascism as it is repudiation. Moore seems to be arguing that they weren't well thought out from the start. Now, speaking of fascism, uh, Kevin wrote uh, on my original post, uh, tweeting, read it again and try to separate your personal identity from your hobbies. You can like superhero movies and acknowledge the problematic nature of them. My favorite superhero is Batman, and he's basically the poster boy for capitalistic fascism. Uh, To that, Acid Silver replied, Yeah, but he's not seen as a good guy for it. Anyone not blinded by the quote-unquote he's-so-cool mentality will tell you that Batman is a broken and traumatized man. Even in-universe, it's stated that his friends or family are what keep him from going off the deep end because of their love. Grendel tweets, Forget that part and read the rest of the quote. He's saying you're in arrested development and you're using cartoonish, childish depictions of reality to comfort yourself. He's not the first to make a point like this. It's pretty common. Now that, ironically enough, I totally agree with. Um, And I say this as a person who, as we heard earlier, hosts a podcast about children's toys, at least tangentially, for adults. So those of us that participate in the nostalgia-based pop culture space might take as much issue with that as I did with the white supremacist remarks. Um, all of that, that whole um, passage at the beginning of Alan Moore's statement about being in a arrested development, um, intentionally so, um, it stings. But that doesn't make it not true. Now, 
I I guess it would be difficult for me to pick and choose. You know, why do I think one part of the statement uh, resonates while I'm offended by the other? I'm not entirely sure, but but again, I'm not a racist. I'm not a white supremacist, but I am I am a huge man baby. So you know, I I yeah I I don't know. Um, but then by um by Tuesday the next day after you know after all of this you know uh my uh, my friend started to chime in, uh Delvin from Longbox Crusade said I don't think he was calling you a white supremacist per se, I also don't agree with his very very snobby and cynical take on what superheroes and those who love them are. To that, a good friend of the show, Ant from TFU, pointed out, Alan Moore is definitely one of those people where it is easy to separate the art from the artist. As a person, he seems like the walking personification of old man shakes fist at cloud. (laughs) Um, He's a brilliant writer who who has always had an issue with superheroes and knows he can be provocative. And uh, Greg from Unfunny Nerd Tangent added to that point saying, pretty sure Alan Moore just says stuff like this to get the reaction from young people of who the fuck is this guy? What's he ever done? Oh, new Alan Moore fans translates to more money. Um, so now um, for uh, uh, to kind of close this out uh, for a different perspective I um I, I I found this on comics resource uh, comic book resources. Uh, Leah Moore, who is a novelist and Alan Moore's daughter, uh, took to Twitter last Thursday to defend him, her uh, her father, against criticisms over his um, uh, I, I guess anti superhero views. Um, so she wrote a series of tweets about how her father's love for superheroes has been ruined. Uh, Moore opened her tribute by noting that she does feel sad that her father doesn't get to enjoy modern comics that she feels that he likely would enjoy or watch, quote, any of the rather enjoyable comics-based movies or experience any of the joy, support, or inspiration they bring to millions of people. He hasn't sat next to a 10-year-old girl watching Captain Marvel or Wonder Woman for the first time. Um, However, she believes people are losing track of why that is. After all, her father loved superhero comics uh, so much that, quote, he tried to make them into something that provoked thought and feelings that addressed issues that spoke to people the way superheroes had always spoken to him. Uh, that seems crazy to me. I have his collection of Marvel comics dog-eared from reading uh, from love. I heard so many times about his excitement at finding a stash of secondhand Marvel comics at a junk shop in a box or buying them off the spinners. Um, He could not love superhero comics more if he tried. Jack Kirby was his idol. Steve Ditko was his idol. 
However, Moore's love for superhero comics were uh, were tainted by his belief, quote, that the medium he adored was ruled by corrupt despots, that the people who made that magic were abused, that their contribution was not valued, that it was stolen from them. He already hated that before Watchmen. He already knew Jack Kirby had been shafted. So when it happened to him... And then again, and then again, and again, it wasn't just a business deal gone awry or a bit of bad luck. It broke him. The thing he loved most, the thing he poured all his time and energy into for his whole entire life, he couldn't do it anymore. So it pains her then when people try to dismiss her father as a cranky old man when so much of the current comic book industry owes itself to his past work and he only came to this point because he was let down so much by the business side of comic books. And as uh, as she so nicely concluded, quote, can you imagine if he hadn't been fucked over? Instead of being grumpy Alan Moore shouting from his cave, he had spent the past 40 years putting out book after book for DC and the rest, creating vast worlds full of superheroes he loves, enjoying comics. It's a damn shame. In other words, she wishes her father had loved superhero comics, but she is shocked that people can't understand his well-earned reasons for having such a stance. Um, Again, that from CBR.com. And I I think there's, um, you know, in in this discussion that kind of started with points being missed on my part, I think there's a lot of other points that we as common fan comics fans either overlook or miss to begin with. Uh, Leah Moore isn't wrong. Um, yeah, Alan Moore got, got fucked over by both Marvel and DC um, a number of times. Um, you know, specifically with regards to uh, rights and use of the characters. I mean, it, as much as you all love Watchmen, you know, whether uh, whether it's uh, uh, the original graphic novel or the spinoffs or the new HBO show or or heavens forbid that doomsday clock that's going on. Uh, and, you know, if Alan Moore had his way, none of these works would exist. Now, uh, history will decide if that's for good or ill. Um, you know, we, we've talked in other podcasts before about, you know, at what point does the work that a creator makes, at what point is it no longer theirs and at what point is it turned over to the audience? You know, we've, we've talked a lot about that with regards to, say, Star Wars and, you know, George Lucas's original vision and that, you know, maybe he's not the the long term visionary that that folks uh, occasionally think that he is. Um, but, yeah, I I don't know. I just I, I think I think there is a lot of truth in there and um i can't deny obviously uh alan moore's contribution to contemporary modern modern day comics um 
I I do have similar issues with Alan Moore as I do with, say, folks like Frank Miller um, in that in, in a weird way, their uh, their works are so influential that I I personally feel that they're over worshipped. You know, it's like I, I don't think I ever need to read Batman the, the Dark Knight Returns ever again. Uh, likewise, you know, keeping it with Alan Moore, um, I, I don't need to read Killing Joke ever again. You know, I mean, it was, you know, it was shocking. It was bold. And um, and I think with a lot of comics of that era, um, whether it be Killing Joke, Watchmen, Dark Knight Returns, um, I'm sure there's others that I that I'm not thinking of um, off the top of my head. But I do think that people kind of took the wrong lessons from that. And that's, uh, you know, I mean, that that's where you get the grim and gritty uh, wave of 90s comics. Um, I, I don't think you get um, a lot of the trash that came out of Image without the uh, influence of uh, those comics from the 80s. But but that's probably a different conversation for um, there uh, for a completely different day. But what do you think? Am I still missing the point of uh, what Alan Moore was writing? Um, are you offended by either of the either of those statements? And incidentally, I'll um I'll put a couple links in the show notes. One for like there's a, there's a um uh, uh, aggregated uh, Twitter moments where it's got some of um. Uh, a variety of creators and folks uh, weighing in on the statement. Um, I'll also include a link to the uh, the interview that I've been referring to. Um, it's very long, and they um, uh, this portion is just a small excerpt of it. There, there's all kinds of topics being covered in there. Um, it's a it, it it is an interesting read, so I would encourage you to check it out in its entirety and perhaps get a, a full context. Um, but yeah, it's like, a, am I am I missing the point? Uh, that kind of seems to be the consensus based on these tweets that I read. And but I I'd, I'd still love to hear from you as well. Is is Alan Moore just a provocateur or is he on to something? Is he misunderstood or is he just a grumpy old man? Two, three, one, two, two, four. Mike is the voicemail hotline. Again, that number is two, three, one, two, two, four, six, four, five, three. Send me a voicemail. I will play it in an upcoming episode. And who knows? Uh, Mike. Come back to this later. Uh, MikeSybertRadio at gmail.com is the email. You can also message me at MikeSybertRadio on Twitter as well as on Facebook and Instagram. Um, and hey, before I get out of here tonight, um, I do want to take the opportunity and remind you about the next couple episodes of the show uh, coming up. Uh, not... Um, not completely unaware of the irony, uh, given what we were just talking about here today. But anyhow, uh, dropping this Thursday, Thanksgiving morning, my conversation with Killing Spree continues and we're talking 
Terminator Dark Fate, uh, the latest turkey in that franchise. Uh, that's uh, that's going to be a lot of fun and full of hot takes as well. You know, hot takes for your uh, Thanksgiving morning. And then the following week, it's my interview with artist Livio Ramadelli, and we're talking about his first creator-owned project from IDW Comics. It's an original story called The Kill Lock. Um, and we'll also discuss his, later, his latest Transformers project, Transformers Galaxies Constructicons Rising. And I tell you, I I've known some stuff about this project since TFCon Toronto last summer. Um the uh first couple issues are already out, but I am really eager to uh, finally talk about uh, some of the things that he told me back in July uh, more openly. So that will be uh, episode 244. That will be uh, in two weeks. Um, And that will do it for this week's bonus episode of Mike Seibert Radio. Thank you for listening. And if you want to listen to our past shows, subscribe on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Like, share, rate, and review the show. Five stars, please. Mike Seibert Radio is produced by Dave Sanders. This has been Mike Seibert Radio. My name is Mike, and until next time, make good choices. You've been listening to the Mike Seibert Radio Podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching at Mike Seibert Radio. Email us at MikeSeibertRadio at gmail.com. The spelling on that, of course, is S-E-I-B-E-R-T. Call into the voicemail hotline at 231-224-MIKE. Once again, that's 231-224-6453. Special thanks to Michael Geisler for our theme music. For more like it, check out ByDoorMusic.com. This has been a Mike Seibert Radio Production.